0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks.
1: Thanks for listening again to Digital Voices. Today I'm with Dr. Hank Caps. He's the Executive Vice President, Chief Information and Digital Officer at Wellstar Health System and president of Catalyst by Wellstar. Dr. Caps, welcome to Digital Voices.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Uh, great to be here.
1: Now, it's, it's wonderful to have you. You've got this excellent background and such a great legacy of leadership uh, in the medical community as well as the uh, technical community. So it's so good to, to have you. And so, Hank, I think the first time we met, was when you were at Novant and I came visiting, i just left the Cleveland Clinic and it was right before the pandemic because I remember we were doing probably fist bumps and elbows because we heard something about the virus, but no one really knew, so we were playing it safe. So I think, I think that must've been early 2019. Yeah, absolutely. So it's good to have you here and we'll just jump right in and talk about uh, and what everyone
0: wants to know is your playlist. So what kind of songs do you like to jam to? Well, I'll tell you, the the uh, album I'm listening to the most right now is Trampled by Turtles. Uh, So new band, uh, folk, Americana, Uh, they've been around for a while. New album just came out um, and great to listen to. Uh, Another one I'm listening to right now is Josiah and the Bonnevilles, similar kind of theme. Uh, and and they even uh, boldly just did a cover of one of Taylor Swift's new uh, songs, Antihero, uh, within a week. So uh, getting in on the Taylor Swift phenomenon of her new album. Oh, wow. That, that's cool. I'm going to definitely look those two up. I've not heard of them, and... As
1: everyone knows, one of the reasons we ask this question is not only to get to know a little bit about the human side of our guests, but also it helps me uh, develop a broader uh, playlist. So this is, I, I love it when it's
0: something new. I think you'll enjoy both of them. Great, great artists.
1: Yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll let you know, I'll do a review and I'll uh, give you a review back. Uh, what's on, what's sort of passion or uh, quote or mantra sort of guide you in, in the things that you do in, in your daily life and work?
0: Yeah, such a great question. I mean, I, I think I'll actually frame it in a story if that's okay. Uh, when I was um, first contemplating uh, the move to here at Wellstar, um, I had never even applied for a job, really. Um, like I had been a full time clinician for about a decade, and then accidentally ended up in uh, in charge of a epic rollout, and um, and then just kept finding. More impactful, cool things to do um, at Novant Health. Um, and so I hadn't even contemplated this whole concept of like, you know, finding a job. And ironically, um, had mentored hundreds of people and spent numerous amounts of time on those kinds of questions, like making sure that you've kind of firmed up your own personal mission and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so uh, in that process, I decided to just dig in, like, what is my personal mission? Um, and spent a lot of time, um, articulating it, thinking about it, reconciling it with the clinical background. Um, and, uh, the night before my final interview here pulled out that black notebook, um, you know, the one we all have with the zipper, um, that you have for like an interview. And remember, I hadn't, hadn't interviewed for a job ever. Like now I'm, you know, like almost 20 years (laughs) in my career, Um, and hadn't really even planned to be in this job process. Like I was really happy in my current role, um, not in the cliche way in the, like the real way. Um, and, um, and, and when I opened that notebook, it was a time capsule. Um, it, the last time I used it was for my med school interview, uh, in my med school essay was sitting in this document. So I'd spent this like 90 days of like contemplating what my personal mission was and, you know, what would be meaningful to me and why I would ever even consider, you know, making some sort of um, big change from a career standpoint. Um, And, you know, it looked something like um, an essay that described my personal mission. Uh, and, and at the time I was entering med school, it w it was very simple. It was to make a difference in individual lives, like one to one. Um, and it was a beautiful thing because when I reconciled it with the last 90 days, the mission was the same, but I had, I had inserted or evolved to the need to scale that impact from one to one to something even bigger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and so, so it was like just one of those moments, like, okay, well now I know how I can judge, um, what yeah. I'm going to do next because that personal mission, uh, which I'd been living by clearly since at least, you know, um, the mid nineties in med school, um, was now the same really at its root. Um, but, but yeah. at a much bigger, broader scale.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. No, no. Thanks for sharing that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I think everyone does have that black notebook uh, someplace (laughs) uh, that they've used. Uh, Tell us a little bit more. So we we got a little bit of insight, you know, in terms of you were in med school about 20 some years ago, but tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally, and and then we'll get a little bit more into your career. But, you know, uh, anything that you want to share from the personal professional side? of who yeah, you are.
0: Absolutely. I mean, so, um, personally, uh, grew up mostly in South and North Carolina, um, married the most amazing woman, um, who I met my sophomore year of college. Uh, I have two kids, uh, that are also equally amazing. Uh, Lindsay, who is, uh, in college and Austin, who's in high school. Uh, and, uh, family doctor, um, wanted to be a family doctor since I was in, uh, about fourth grade, uh, maybe except for during presidential election years, um, and, um, was completely, you know, uh, you know, mission focused to, to make that happen. Um, and, yeah, uh, and did my training uh, near Charlotte, then ended up staying, um, in the Charlotte region, after being the chief in um, in my residency program, and um, and then I never pictured I'd be talking to you on a podcast about anything that we're talking about. Like I, I mean, my whole uh, vision for um, what was next was really um, to see patients, um, and you know, I was just a, a really crazy busy family medicine doctor um, for about a decade. Um, and, um, loved every minute of it.
1: No, that's awesome. And I are something else we have in common is my youngest son is named Austin as well. Ah, love So it. it's, that's a great name. It is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So you recently moved from Navant Health to Wellstar. Uh, tell us about that move because, uh, this, you obviously had this great background at Navant, several different positions that kind of led you to,
0: I think, where you are today. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, uh, I I had done such an interesting almost portfolio of things at Novant. So rolling out Epic um, and then uh, was the COO of uh, the medical group there uh, and uh, built a team that then built the back end infrastructure to integrate um, one of the largest medical groups in the country and ran the day to day of that medical group for five years during a period of Crazy growth. I mean, we doubled uh, in size and number of locations and such. Um, And then had been asked uh, to stand up digital health for the company. So I went from running one of the biggest parts of the company to literally uh, like one of our top people, me and a whiteboard. And like, how are we going to build out this whole digital health thing? Um, And that was, you know, timed just before uh, the global pandemic in many ways. Uh, so for a year we prepared digital health essentially not knowing um, you know what was coming uh, and you know during that time we stood up a couple of care companies we did a lot of consumer innovation uh, we did some crazy things like flu drones uh, for medical deliveries once the pandemic began um, and um, and did a lot of work uh, in the Private equity venture space, evaluating new companies, and how we'd bring those new capabilities into the uh, into the um, into the healthcare ecosystem. Uh, and so, you know, when uh, actually a friend approached me at Wellstar and said, "Hey, we're looking for this, you know, role that oddly I think combines all of the things that you've done," and I don't know. Um, yeah. How you can't come listen, you know, and, and that that kind of maps back to that personal mission story of like, OK, well, I'm not really looking for a job, you know, that whole thing. Um, and then I figured, you know, I mean, at this point in my career, I probably should know how to do a job interview and I probably should have a resume for something other than speaking engagements. And so I was like, OK, I'll do this. Let's just see what happens. Um, and I, I I, mean, I really never thought that it would evolve into something that, you um, um, would would be as interesting, as impactful um, as what I learned over time uh, in that process. And so, uh, you know, I, I would have definitely never mapped out even for my last role that I would be a CIDO of a, you know, large uh, health system uh, somewhere uh, and, you know, ultimately decided that it, that the personal mission, potential impact and the vision and strategy that, um, well, star was laying out was something that, um, you know, checked almost every box in that personal mission. Um, and, um, having never had an adventure like this, um, the whole thing was learning, um, and change. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I've been leading change for the last decade. I probably, you know, I can do this. I can do some change myself. Um, And um, and so ultimately decided to make the make the move. And uh, I mean, it was hard. I mean, I love Novant Health. I mean, I was there for a long time. I love the people there Um, and uh, we were doing great work. They've continued to do great work there Um, and then uh, landed on the ground here um, in January of 2021 uh, in the midst of a surge that was pretty remarkable in Georgia. Uh, and vaccine distribution. So, uh, you know, day two, I met my team on a command center call for vaccine distribution technology support and how we were gonna build out all the machinery to give vaccines. So not exactly kind of the mapping of like how you enter a company. So it felt, but it felt right. I mean, like it felt like this is, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. And uh, so I met all my team, you know, just amazing people here at Wellstar, amazing CEO, amazing executive team here, Um, big vision for the future, um, particularly how, you know, the digital and brick and mortar intersect Um, and a a large appetite for innovation and innovation being a core part of the whole company. Um, And so a mindset here of like, you know, we want that to be a, a, a part of almost everything we do. Um, and so started building out the team here, uh, looking for the right talent, getting you know the right roles in place to match the needs of the uh, organization. start thinking about the tech org more like a tech company. We're serving customers, whether they be consumers, whether they be patients, whether they be part of um, the internal organization, our team members. Uh, and then, uh, launching, um, an approach to innovation. So, um, despite the 90 day book that says, um, to listen a lot and do little, um, not exactly in my DNA. So we were starting about a new company during that first 90 days. Um, and by, um, by May of that year, we launched Catalyst by Wellstar, our innovation company. Uh, and, um, and then we have been, you know, continuing to build out, you know, world class tech org here. Nine stars on Epic. You know, nine stars. Uh, most Wired now. him um, uh, stage seven, ambulatory and acute. All those things in the last year. So it's been a um, it's been an incredible journey here um, with the organization. So supportive. Um, the leadership team here, um, collaborative uh, in in bringing to life. Uh, both the digital and brick-and-mortar experiences, and um, so just couldn't be more excited. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm jazzed up about, um, you know, how we have progressed in a very short period of time and, you know, all the amazing team members who made that happen. I mean, uh, it's certainly not about me.
1: No, that that's fascinating. Yeah, you did, you've done quite a bit in the first year, and like you mentioned, you've got a great team. Around you, it's always great to be in a supportive environment where everyone from the CEO on down, the board presumably as well, uh, is all about you know how do we leverage digital to you know help save people's lives and improve quality care and those sort of things. I'm I'm really curious about Catalyst. Um, Tell us, yeah, I mean, you already sort of gave us the the backstory, but. I think it's really interesting because I know a lot of other health systems talk about this, but few have actually pulled it off. You, you guys actually pulled it off. You, you put together this uh, sep- separate company sort of thing. Can you explain just how it's organized and how it interacts with IT and the rest of the organization?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so we started out with a, a bit of a unique business thesis. So, if you think about the traditional way healthcare systems have interacted with technology solutions, there are these. Um, healthcare delivery problems that we identify, but often in the context of a solution, we're already looking at. So there are these tech so for real, there are these technology solutions um, that, that we are drawn to, uh, that for us, it's about delivering better care, like you said. For the people who have built those tech solutions, often they have a different motivation, which is to create market value or, or, uh, or return in some way. And so part of our thesis was that if we got the problems further upstream to where people were actually identifying problems in the industry not just in healthcare and influence the shaping of the problem statements um, and then as it as those problems are invested in they're going to solve the actual problems so the solution problem connection becomes much tighter And we also believed, and this was one of the really unique things for Catalyst, we were the first to really have this um, mindset was that not all healthcare problems are going to be solved by healthcare solutions. So as a part of that thesis, our first investment was in a non healthcare venture fund because we were looking for capabilities that we could then harvest into the healthcare environment and or create accretive value. So in the end, our, our overall thesis is we can create better care and market value if we're participating across multiple industries, if we're harvesting those ideas and capabilities and then um, creating commercial value as well as as better care. So that was kind of the, the thesis that was a bit unique. I mean, so it's not the typical way you stand up kind of a healthcare innovation. Matter of fact, a lot of people looked at us like we were kind of curious when we said that that our first investment was going to not be in a healthcare fund, that our first kind of strategic partnerships were going to be outside of traditional healthcare companies. Um, but that's how we built it. Uh, so we stood it up in May of last year, uh, hired a leader uh, of that uh, of that team who, uh, is now our head of innovation for Callus by Wellstar. Uh, and we started building out multiple business divisions. First, we built out a lab business division, kind of the place that we're doing strategic partnerships, proof of concepts, uh, and, um, and pilots, uh, index to the biggest problems that we know need to be solved either in the industry or for Wellstar. Uh, we also, uh, Started with venture, Catalyst Venture, first an investment in Engage, which is a joint venture with um, 15 other Fortune 500 companies here in the Atlanta market. Uh, You know, people you would recognize like Delta, Chick-fil-A, Invesco, uh, and others. Uh, And and then built the framework for a commercialization arm. We call it Catalyst Spark Uh, and um, uh, are building out both a startup studio and an accelerator um, to be able to, to build uh, companies end-to-end as a part of, of the both solutioning and problem uh, work. Uh, and then we knew all of this had to be built around patients, so we just recently launched uh, Catalyst Voice, uh, which has been in stealth for a bit, uh, which is our consumer platform uh, where we're now inviting people to help us design uh, the future of healthcare, care. Uh, and... Um, our venture fund, we've we've uh, we have uh, expanded, hired a head of venture investment, and uh, now have a hundred million dollars uh, earmarked uh, for venture over the next five years. So we are, um, you know, rapidly accelerating uh, and building out both capabilities that bring better care and new revenue streams uh, for um, for the healthcare system. Uh, So it's been exciting It's integrated uh, in the um, technology senior leader team. So, you know, your question around like, well, how does it all fit together? Uh, We we built a senior leader team that was agnostic of title, um, that was uh, functional. uh, And so that kind of secret sauce of bringing in different perspectives, everyone from somebody who has a communications background to our head of innovation to venture uh, investment leader all sitting around the table with um, the more typical skill sets you would think of inside a broader technology organization and all working together. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how we've constructed it. We, we are now launched. Um, you know, we've got, um, we've got product development happening. We've got uh, strategic partnerships that are active. We've got, um, uh, we've got some multiple proof of concepts and uh, pilots uh, flowing. Um, and now we're, you know, starting to formalize and build some of that machinery. Uh, you know, our board launches in January for it. Uh, you know, and all the kind of operational model things of we've been we've been flying the airplane and building the airplane. So um, now we're um, we're actually spending a little bit of time making sure that the airplane's constructed well. Um, and, and all the while, uh, through our partnership with Engage, you know, we've been uh, working and investing in thirty new. Uh, early stage companies, um, and um, and even at uh, the most recent engaged five year celebration, uh, um, our our leader over Callus by Wellstar um, actually won the corporate executive of the year because of all of the innovation work we had done. So I mean, just a lot of um, you know a lot of kind of forward progress um, that's meaningful and making a difference. Um, so we're very very proud of where we are, but a lot to do. <laughs> um, yeah, as no. we grow the company, because we're a startup ourselves. <laughs> right.
1: No, I mean, that's amazing, Hank. I know there's a lot of listeners wishing they had something similar, and I do want to talk uh, maybe one or two ideas around that. But before we go there, I I, I sort of asked this earlier, but now that I've learned even more, um, tell us about the board interaction or the CEO interaction, because clearly to do something as big as you're doing, you've got this complete alignment from the board on down is, is there a, do you know what, what the particular spark was or like someone just realized, Hey, we, we can't do this all ourselves. We need to really be about innovation and ventures and we need to create something our, you know, to, to help with our mission and vision of, of Wellstar. it, it had to come from, you know, s- s- some people, uh, you know, that helped create that environment for you to, you know, to uh, act- actualize.
0: Uh, absolutely. So our CEO is incredible. Uh, I mean, her vision definitely was aligned to to this future state. Um, and, uh, you know, as I came on board, maybe four to five months in, we entered a strategic planning process for the next five years. So the timing really couldn't have yeah. been better to say, like, as a company, who do we want to be five years from now? Meanwhile, yeah. Catalyst is over here saying, well, what do we want to be ten years from now? Fifteen years yeah. from now? So you've got kind of this, yeah. you know, healthcare. We're, we're battleship, you know. I mean, you get you, you can't change many degrees. It's a hundred percent no harm, high degree of risk you know, aversion, um, and catalyst, we kind of put out into the waters, a little speedboat. That's like circling the battleship and going out ahead. Sometimes throwing out little smaller boats, sometimes, sometimes being annoying in the battleship, wanting to take a shot at it. I mean, all those things were happening as we were working on, um, our strategic plan. And we had, uh, you know, a visionary CEO, visionary board that said, you know, we want to be, Um, we want to be leading the industry, um, in five years, we don't want to be following where the industry is going. Um, and so through that, we developed a strategic plan that basically says our aspirations, an ecosystem of care powered by a digital operating model. Um, and you don't hear many health systems who have that aspiration for a strategic plan, um, and digital operating model, we defined as how we do work. So it's not just digitization of dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It's literally, you know, um, how are we going to do work differently, um, in the future? Um, so all the recipe, you know, the recipes are there. Amazing leader, um, a, an incredibly supportive board, a new strategic plan that laid forth a, a future state, a collaborative, um, executive team that functions as a team, um, and, 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 you know, an organization that was, that was ready to start um, continuing the transformational kind of work that, that all of us saw needed to happen um, before the pandemic, did during the pandemic, but now need to be leading um, what's happening because those who are closest to the patient um, clearly need to have influence over where, uh, where our healthcare industry goes. And you know, as as regulations have loosened and tightened and new laws have come into place. I mean, frankly, we've we've been in an incredibly challenging environment because that closest to the patient, um, in essence, I mean, have been at war in a global pandemic. And now as we come hopefully out of that, we've got to really be the ones that are setting the stage for what healthcare in the United States looks like five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Um, and we're committed um, to being a part of that solution and leading that forward.
1: No, I love it. I, we could do a whole podcast on this topic because uh, I, I know a lot of our listeners, like myself, you know, are saying, wow, you know, we'd love to have something similar. And we, and we really talked about that and how the board and uh, visionary leadership, CEO on down um, is instrumental to that, but not everyone's going to have that. So, so what might they do? if they find themselves in a situation where they sort of need to do what you're doing or some of the things that you're doing, but don't have that same structure already in place. So we'll save that, we'll park that one for now. Because the other thing that I hear from you, Hank, when I listen to you is you're all about leadership. You ooze this very uh, compassionate, humble sort of leadership. So I wanna, I wanna dig into that a little bit. Um, what, how do you attribute your career success? So are there one or two things that you would look at that say that you know that created who Hank is as a leader?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing is, um, it has always been about the team. Uh, and if you are focused on the team and your people, um, you know, one of the things I'll sometimes say is above all else, um, we've got to care for each other. Uh, and I think that applies both when we're, um, caring for each other as team members, but also we're in the business of caring for people. So you know, how, how that kind of has come to life, I think is, is, um, one of the things. Uh, the second thing is that you have to figure out how you incorporate innovation into an operating machine that's already good at what it does. I mean, so like we are really good at taking care of sick people in hospitals and in clinics, right. As a, as a industry. So how do you, How do you infuse um, that curiosity uh, into the people who you are um, caring about and lifting up who are doing both the work and who you are um, caring for to be able to um, to do things they'd never expect they would be able to do? Um, And so I think it really just starts with the team um, and having amazing people around around you. Um, And then empowering them to go do things they would have never believed that they could do and know that when that happens, you're going to make such an incredible difference um, that it's going to it's going to create this kind of this this flywheel of energy for doing good um, in a sense.
1: Yeah, no, that that's good. What about, you know, a question I've been asking a few leaders lately because I think it's relevant, especially with you. You have Austin and Lindsay you are married. Uh, you're obviously a busy, executive. What do you do to sort of uh, two? It's really two questions. One is recharge the batteries, but also how do you remain fresh? So how do you how do you reinvent yourself? So sorry to ask two questions in one. Yeah, no,
0: I mean it's it's a great question. Um, so the the first thing um, I'd say is it is time with those who mean the most to you, right? I mean, so we all have to have that kind of um, that kind of outlet and connection. Uh, and, and one of the ways that we have always done that is by traveling. Uh, and you know, I, I I grew up in East, North Carolina. We did, um, two family vacations total. Uh, my whole childhood, we went to Amish country, Pennsylvania and Disney world. And I have no idea why my parents chose those two places (laughs) as the only two places besides our grandparents that we went on vacation. Um, but my wife and I both decided early on, like, We were going to travel like that was going to be the way that we recharged ourselves that we spent you know time together uh and as our kids were born uh we did the same thing um and so you know in a macro way it's traveling so like i just found out yesterday that my daughter got accepted into a uh a study away program for a may semester uh next year in iceland uh and so we are busy putting together a north atlantic stretch from iceland to the faroe islands to scotland and you know we're gonna meet her at the end of her um her time in iceland and then we're just gonna have this um, you know amazing experience uh together so i think in the macro that's what it is um in in the in the micro um it's gonna sound funny but dinner Um, so like, you know, spending time with people, having a meal together, um, is, um, is something that is, um, really important to me and it's a way that I recharge and it's a way that I connect with people. Um, so macro travel, um, micro spending time with people where you're breaking bread. Um, and I think those are the two ways both with family and friends and, you know, and people who, um, I am, uh, close with, um, at work that, you know, I'm just constantly trying to, to keep all of that, um, that kind of connectivity bucket full. Um, yeah. and then, you know, the, the, the stay and fresh question I think is a result of all of that. So, I mean, like if you're, yeah. if you're making sure that you're, you're creating that kind of connection to people, that human connectivity, um, and you're seeing, um, a difference being made, man, I get excited every morning. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, I think that, that it all kind of comes together. So your dual question, I think made sense to be together. Cause yeah. I can't, I don't think you can separate it.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Hank, we talked about a ton of things and, uh, is there something we missed that you'd, you'd like to mention or anything you want to double down on? I'll give you the last uh, minute here on digital voices.
0: Um, You know, the only only thing uh, that I would add is that, um, you know, when you have moments uh, of success or challenge, recognize them, spend that time uh, and celebrate some highlight every single day, because even in the most difficult days, um, there is something good that's happening across your, you know, our team's and across our organizations. Um, and we're, we are honored to, to, you know, be called to care for people, um, as what we do. And we can't lose sight in the heat of battle, no matter how challenging it is, no matter how difficult the current, um, environment is, uh, that we still are making that difference at that one-to-one level, whether yeah. it be through leadership, whether it be through clinical care, all those things. So, um, back to personal mission to end on, but I, I, you know, I, I, I thank you so much for having me, man. It was fun talking to you. Um, and, um, I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Hank, you're, you're full of wisdom and, uh, leadership and then just fascinating what you've been able to accomplish at Wellstar, uh, with the team, uh, so quickly. And yeah, thanks for being part of digital voices. And I look forward to connecting again sometime. Thanks, man. So that wraps up digital voices. Thanks for listening. And thanks to DJ Megan.